Welcome to our regular episode of Business Wise. Um, however, with current circumstances and current events, uh, I don't think this is going to be a very regular episode. If this is your first time listening to Business Wise, this might not be quite what you expected. And if you're a regular listener, well, this might not be what you expected either. But uh, I'm going to assure you that this is a very, very important episode to your survival and to your success. Business Wise is a podcast series for entrepreneurs interested in expanding through learning and applying the management system discovered and developed by humanitarian philosopher and administrator, Mr. L. Ron Hubbard. If you have studied Mr. Hubbard's works at all, you will have soon come to discover that no man, no woman, can operate as themselves alone against the universe. For you to prosper in your lives, to have the freedom to build your own enterprise, to conduct yourselves according to your best values, and achieve happiness for self and family. You cannot operate as though the rest of the world has nothing to do with you. One cannot be oblivious to the circumstances of the environment around one. And once aware, one cannot use the modus operandi of hoping that some strong voice will step up and set all right. It is the awareness responsibility level, and co-action of each of us uniting and working together that will build a world where one can walk free and pursue success and happiness as one sees fit. One of the most powerful definitions you or I will ever know, and one to give every man pause for contemplation at least, is L. Ron Hubbard's definition of the price of freedom. And this from a lecture from December the 31st of 1960. Constant alertness, constant willingness to fight back. There is no other price. Ron Hubbard. I would say this price is being asked of all of us today and has been for some years. If one would have freedom, one must be willing to pay this price because there is no other price. And so I am making this the emphasis of today's episode. If one is to have a prosperous business, then one has to do one's part to ensure that the environment around one affords the freedom to create one. And to count on others to guarantee that freedom is just whistling past the graveyard and is a formula for disaster. Ignoring factors that affect one's fate is a guarantee that those factors will, sooner or later, end up on your doorstep and in your life. Best hope they do not enter that life at a point where it is almost impossible to do anything about it without the ultimate in heroism and sacrifice. Mr. Hubbard provided solutions to all this. There are actually many. Chief amongst them, of course, is enhancing one's own knowledge and beingness and ability. And this must remain a focus for you, along with any handlings you do for your organization, your groups, 
or society. But there is another factor. We must pull together. Mr. Hubbard had a humanitarian objective to make a safe environment where there would be peace and tolerance amongst men and where we could survive together as mankind. He wrote an article on the 31st of January 1969 where he outlined a plan to achieve that objective. You and I can enact that plan. He had, in December of 1968, created a group structure called Gung-Ho Groups to effect positive change in society. For any of you that have the green volumes, I urge you to grab these references and study them. I read you now from one of the articles, the 2nd of December, 1968, called Gung-Ho Groups. Mr. Hubbard defines Gung-Ho as follows. I quote, Gung-Ho means pull together. In Mandarin, it pulls together other groups in the community to work towards the betterment of society and of the area. The group's program works on the motto, a community that pulls together can make a better society for all. End of quote. And then from there, Mr. Hubbard proceeds to describe the structure and basic planning and fundamental strategies of gung-ho groups. And there are several articles from this period. Well, In WISE, we have created such groups, and they are called Effective Management Associations. And there are many now formed in major cities around the eastern United States, and more and more are now springing up around the world. Now, even with the very first introduction of the Effective Management Association, it was stated in the directives creating the structure that these are based on the Uh, policies that Mr. Hubbard wrote on how to conduct gung-ho groups. And so the fundamental structure of the EMAs, that's abbreviation for Effective Management Association, the basic structure of the EMAs is uh, founded on these policies or articles. Now, if you have an EMA in your area, you need to join it right now. If you see what's going on in the world, and you want to do something effective about it, which you absolutely should, and I think you probably do, and you're an entrepreneur, join your EMA and participate. And if you don't have an EMA in your area, it's time to write me back so we can start one. And I don't care where you are. You can be in, uh, I've got groups now starting in India, in Africa. It's fine. Let's get groups going. Let's start changing the scene. Uh, as we know how. So you can write me at info at wiseeastus.org and I will make sure you get uh, some of the basic structure of how this works. But let's get these groups going. Things are coming to a head in this world. And it is time to unite, not just you and I, not just those amongst us that are studying Hubbard management, but also those Uh, social beings amongst us who are trying to affect change in the world and they need our help. Okay. They need this methodology. They need to know how to proceed. They need to know about um, ethics and all this incredible technology that we've been covering in these episodes. They need these to ensure their success and we need to align with them and they need to align with us. So back to the article of 31 January, 
by Mr. Hubbard, which is entitled Humanitarian Objective and Gung-Ho Groups. I will now read to you sections of this article for your use and benefit and in hopes and intention that you will take these words and unite with your fellow entrepreneurs who are taking advantage of this brilliant management technology from Mr. Hubbard to bring order and peace to your areas. So the article starts out as follows. Sharbert says, it is pretty hard to handle a downstat, in parentheses, one with low declining statistics. It is easy to handle an upstat. Now, this is a guiding principle of gung-ho groups and the EMA. Let's focus on the upstats. The temptation in always in forming any group is to handle the downstats. You see people around you suffering. You see people around you that are not succeeding. Sometimes they're even begging for help. But yes, of course, we need to help them and we will help them. But how will we all succeed? By focusing on the upstats. They are far, far easier to handle. You spend, you're going to spend hundreds of hours handling those uh, and trying to help those who have an endless appetite for help. Meanwhile, strong, productive, upstat uh, individuals around you very often aren't even asking for help, but trust me, they need help, okay? From one upstat to another, I imagine many of the people listening to this episode are themselves very productive people. You're, you're obviously seeking to improve your businesses. I see tremendous success coming back uh, in your emails from this, and I know I'm talking to a bunch of winners, and we need to focus on each other, and we need to focus on finding more like us, and we need to unite. We need to help those guys. You and I know we have our problems, too. We have our issues that, yeah, it'd be nice if somebody gave us a hand here and there. So focus on those guys. They are, if you ever get frustrated at how difficult it is to help one's fellow man, you might ask yourself if you're assessment of the situation is being jaded by attempting to help those who are just plain difficult to help because they have, they tend to be chronically, they tend to chronically have lower declining statistics. Meanwhile, there are those around us that are a pleasure to help and we ignore them a lot of times because they don't even ask for it. We don't think they need it, but boy, they do. And you know, they do because you do too. Mr. Hubbard goes on to say in a world which is taught by the old school that it is a dog-eat-dog jungle world. One has incompetent governments, wars, pressure groups, conflicts, economic pushes, and generally a hard environment in which to operate. He goes on to describe his humanitarian objective, which we mentioned earlier, and goes on to say this, a suppressed and insecure society is a hard one in which to operate. The answer then is to generally increase the security of races, groups, individuals. A true democracy is possible only when the group is made up of sane thinking individuals. We can produce these and out from them goes a zone of greater security. However, it is perilous to neglect the further out surroundings and it is necessary that one gives some thought to other dynamics beyond the first dynamic, self. Now, those of you who have been listening to these episodes know what is referred to by dynamics, but dynamic, uh, concisely, is the urge to survive and can be divided up into 
separate categories. First dynamic being the dynamic of self to survive as self. Second dynamic, dynamic of family to survive as and for the family, which of course most of us have that. And third dynamic to survive uh, for groups as and for a group. And fourth dynamic, mankind, a very important dynamic to survive as mankind and for mankind. And then it goes up from there for another four dynamics, including uh, all living things and uh, the physical universe, spiritual dynamic, and of course, the infinity or God dynamic. Anyway, just want to give you a quick aside on that one. Let's get back to this article. Mr. Robert says, we are not engaged in a conquest or to achieve some planned utopia. All we are trying to do is lessen the turbulence and insecurity in the society. By organization and an orderly approach to the problem, we can achieve this in several ways, a main one being gung-ho group activities. He then goes into some of the basic functions of the group, which includes asking the individuals in the society what should be done. And then discovering the purposes of that society. What are the individual social groups, the groups of upstats? What are they trying to achieve? And then aligning the gung-ho group with those purposes. And revitalizing the society thereby. He goes on to say this, and I quote, Vitality returns to a society when common purposes are stimulated. At present, so many special group interests are so in conflict with other special groups, that social progress is impeded. If you can get one commonly expressed purpose, then actually done by liaison with interested social or humanitarian groups, the knot starts to untangle. The combined strength of many social groups using all their connections to achieve one gain cannot help but produce it. Instead of all the force vectors lying about in a random confusion, opposing each other, you add up some of the vectors all in one direction and achieve thereby a concentration which brings a result. Even a small local campaign so coordinated will work. Our gung-ho groups, the effective management associations, are of course intended to align with the groups of entrepreneurs in the community that have social ideals, survival ideals. Almost any worthwhile business group has a social conscience and awareness because it's made up of upsets. It's made up of higher-toned individuals. We need to align with those, and we need to give them our tools. We need to define their purposes with them and our purposes so that those purposes are aligned. And shoulder-to-shoulder, we can make swift economic changes for the better. And let's face it, part of what creates unrest and insecurity in our communities is uncertainty on economics, perhaps more than any other single factor. So don't think that your role in as an entrepreneur and united with fellow entrepreneurs who have an awareness and a social conscience and want to affect change economically, don't think that those things don't influence the security and survival of your own families. A prosperous society is a safe society where sane and productive men and women are calling the shots and are aligned with each other shoulder to shoulder. You are talking about safe communities. 
You're talking about productive communities. You're talking about prosperous communities, happy communities. And that is the direction we are going in with these uh, effective management associations. So Mr. Howard goes on to say this in this spectacular article. He says, it won't work if you go to groups for the purpose and ignore the men in the street. So you have to define these purposes by going to the men in the street, not just the groups. It won't work if you go to groups for the purpose and ignore the men in the street. Groups get individuated. Each group is to some degree attacked or opposed, and each is trying to do something. This brings about a stagnation of action. You also get a disinterested, often disloyal society. You get dope addiction, immorality, bad indicators in general. A real society is one in which the majority are going in some direction toward a desirable goal. But it has to be their goal. This rekindles interest, action, and hope. It revitalizes society. Also, we begin to stand for something they all stand for. Alron Hubbard. Mr. Hubbard gives an example of a question that can be asked as a survey for purposes. Quote, what should be done in the city to better it? End quote. He goes on to say this. The choice of the question, of course, to some degree regulates the campaign. So obviously there's a lot of things that can be done in the community. There are many issues in the community that you have groups revolving uh, around. Mr. Robert says here, the improvement of human rights will be found to be very generally acceptable. That's for sure. Uh, but with regards to the EMAs, obviously we're looking at questions and purposes that align with economics and prosperity. So he goes on to say this, if you choose a question which then runs too contrary to the forces of law and order, even more confusion will result. So here Mr. Hubbard is not recommending a revolutionary approach, but more like what can we do to improve things, not you know, what must we take apart. It goes on to say people are usually able to agree with getting something stopped. This is not always bad. Sometimes that's all you can get them to agree with. He goes on to say this, today we have government by special interest. It ignores to a huge degree what the average citizen really wants. This winds up usually in some weird special interest utopia mess, like the book George Orwell's 1984. The number of utopia planners around would amaze you. The average individual shuns utopias like the plague. One has to go to the individual member and go to many individuals and many strata of society to find out what's really wanted. It's usually pretty simple. All right, so we're, we're coming to the close of this um, episode. Um, it was not really structured to give you the precise step-by-step -step on how to get your gung-ho group or effective management association going in your area. Obviously, you should read these articles yourselves and uh, study them thoroughly. Contact me. I will send you the directives on how to start your own effective management association. If you have one going, as I said, uh, now is a great time to hook up, join that EMA. And uh, if you are already active in an EMA, let's start broadening our vision to aligning with other groups in the area, helping them. We have lots of tools to help them. We have lots of technology they need. You'd be amazed at how welcomed you are as a presenter of the Hubbard Management System. I was in a city 
uh, for a period of about five weeks, completely in non-existence there. No one knew who I was. I was doing two to three presentations a week over a period of five weeks on the Hubbard management system. You have many groups around, business groups, where the individuals in charge are always looking for uh, speakers, people who can talk good sense, have a little bit of charisma perhaps. Make no mistake, you as a proponent of the Hubbard management system, you cut quite an image. Uh, You can make quite an impact with your presence. Don't think that you can't. And if you're united with a bunch of like-minded cowboys or pirates or what have you who are wanting to make a change in the world, um, yeah, you would be surprised the impact you can make. These groups are not sitting there uh, as citadels of, uh, of certainty. They, there is a lot of uncertainty in these groups. There's a lot of unhadedness. There's a lot of need for help. So approach these groups, offer your services, survey for purposes. He goes on to say this, uh, he's talking about the purpose question. He says, the way the question is worded should guide toward a simple action, not some long-term complex action. Look, we can come up with some very simple approaches to solving things uh, economically in our communities. You know that. We have that. We have an abundance of material uh, in the Hubbard management system. But uh, if you've been listening to these episodes, you know that just two or three sentences can make a dramatic change. Just the understanding of the relationship between inflow and outflow. You'd be amazed what a new concept that is for people who have not been studying Hubbard management. The idea of the tone scale, that you can actually choose people, that there are people in your environment that actually seek to bring about the demise of a group. Uh, This is, in many cases, a new concept for people and quite revelatory. Do not uh, underestimate the power and impact of some of these fundamentals that you perhaps started to take for granted. Mr. Hubbard goes on to say this, a lot of actually done easy actions, each one completed, will straighten out a lot of vectors. A vector, of course, is a direction of and magnitude of force. So you've got these groups. They've got all these misaligned vectors. They're not lining up with each other. They're not really directed at something. We can bring order to those things by getting into contact with these groups and helping them, by helping ourselves and become ourselves a strong, mighty. It doesn't have to be big. Your group doesn't have to be big. Your EMA does not have to be a big group to make an impact. It just has to be a smart group a prosperous group, an ethical group, an on-source group. And uh, you will see how much of an influence you can be on the society. Just by getting done of easy actions, each one completed, straighten out a lot of stuff. Mr. Hubbard goes on to say, our overall major target is, of course, our humanitarian objective. We are weary of rule by special interests, It's about time we helped make a society of which everyone can be proud and where they all win. L. Ron Hubbard. All right. Well, I obviously hope to inspire you to uh, work harder on achieving your own prosperity using with the implementation of Hubbard Management, but also to find each other, to unite, form these groups these effective management associations, they are forming 
fairly spontaneously right now, but we need to form more. They need to be in every city. We need to find each other and work with each other, set aside our conflicts, align our purposes. Let's start building a better world and with very simple targets, we can make a huge, huge change. So uh, I implore you to uh, write me. If you don't know where to start, just write me at info at wiseeastus.org. I get emails after every podcast. If you've never written me before, write me today. Info at wiseeastus.org. Let's start forming these groups. I need to know who you are. I need to know who else is in your area. I can find out. Uh, Just get me your names. Get me your emails. Let's get something going. If you're already, uh, if you're listening to this podcast or this episode, you're already involved, but in some way, perhaps this has inspired you to get more involved, then drop me a line as well. We need to come together. Okay. How much violence do we need in our cities before we act? And how close does this violence have to come to your own home? Okay. It, if my voice is a little hoarse today, uh, it's because I made sure that nothing happened to where I am uh, over this last night. And, um, and it's not over. So, uh, and it will not end until you and I decide we are willing to pay the price of freedom. <laughs>